Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. And we are back with another episode of How About Them Celtics. Sam and I are here recording on Monday, December 18th, uh, after the Celtics win over the Magic yesterday. Uh, which one? Yeah. Which huge win. Two huge wins over the Magic. Uh, I feel very weird this afternoon because I, I, I was thinking about it. I, I was talking to Sam. I was like, so I slept in. Obviously, it's like two. Yeah. I woke up like two or something, which is, I mean, standard for me at this point. But it was weird because I think what happened is I stayed up very late the night before the Patriots, but then I woke up very early to go to the Patriots. I woke up at like eight, right? Like, well, I went to bed at like four and I woke up at eight. So I, I didn't sleep much. And then then like, I half took a nap when I got home from the Patriots. So it felt like another day. So I think today feels like my, my, my hours are thrown off even more than normal. So I felt very weird waking up to do this because it's also like not light out. Cause it's like rainy and gross. So it feels like nighttime still. My my entire internal yeah my range. entire internal clock has been completely thrown off. Um, not fun. Don't enjoy it. My throat is still killing me from Vegas, so I don't know if that is you now. You and Big Cat. Big Cat also had a brutal voice on today's podcast. So you one of the greats. Yeah, yeah. Don't know how the voice is going to do for the next. I mean, really, two hours because we have to record talking seas after this too of recording. But we'll see uh, how it holds up. Um, anyways, now that I'm done rambling, let's do in pop Nito so we can talk Celtics, uh, no more about my, uh, yeah. struggles this morning. Uh, full wheel today, full wheel, eight, Let me put up entrance, the eight people, uh, that who are looking to get themselves a $10 gift card to get some popcorn. Let's spin it and see spin who's it. going to be winning today. The there we go. We... I've got my bag of dill pickle here, and I got it over the weekend, and you can see it's already like over halfway empty. That's how good it is. Josh. Shout Josh, out Josh has been entering for a while, mm-hmm. so he can about finally time. feel vindicated that he has won. It's about time. I will say, half the time when I see some of these people w- uh, win that have commented so many times, I think to myself, like, have they won already? And then I'm like, no, they've just been commenting every time, and they've always been on the wheel. But shout out Josh. Josh is getting himself me, $10 gift card. hit him with a... Guess what, buddy, in the comments. <laughs> I can find it. We'll get you hooked up uh, with our guide in Popnito and, and get you some popcorn. Don't you worry about it. But uh, let's get into Celtics now because the Celtics have been in in trade talks, kind of. The tr- trade season is, is upon exposed. us. Uh, yeah, something weird. So, trade season is upon us in the NBA. Um, December 15th marked the unofficial start to trade season. Um, in the league because a lot of the players who signed deals over the summer are now trade eligible. Um, and the first guy uh, that the Celtics have reportedly checked in on uh, is Isaiah Stewart in Detroit. This comes from James Edwards, the third of the athletic. Uh, he wrote contending teams like Boston, OKC and Dallas have shown a great interest in Stewart league sources tell the athletic one challenge in trading for Stewart is he's a poison pill restricted 
You signed a four-year, $60 million extension that will kick in next season. His outgoing and incoming salaries differ for trades. Stewart counts as $5.3 million outgoing salary on the Pistons side. For a team acquiring Stewart, he will account for $13.1 million, uh, which is the average of his current player's salary, plus his four-year extension. Essentially, this is the Alex Caruso conundrum again, except that the TPE flip deadline. has. Oh, this is Sam explaining it. Yeah. I thought that was more of James stuff. Yeah, it, it just – the Celtics would have to match $13.1 million, which – doesn't seem very likely considering Correct. they would have to probably trade Al Horford. And unless you think Isaiah Stewart can be the Al Horford replacement, which in theory, I guess if you're really, really high on Isaiah Stewart, maybe you think is possible, but it's not possible. <laughs> like that's not a trade you make. I like Isaiah Stewart. I think he's fine. I don't exactly know how well he's been doing this season. I can't imagine the answer is very good considering they're like two and 24. He's averaging 10, seven, uh, and one and a half on 45, five and 36, seven shooting. It's actually better than I assumed, but it's just like, there's no real way to do it. So like, how, why is this of note? I guess. I don't know. It's, it's weird. It makes sense that they would check in because he is a big, and that is maybe an area you might want some extra depth at. he is young. He, he is only 22 years old and he is under contract for a long time. So all the points that you look for in a trade candidate are there, but like, the real reality of it is like there's just no way to match the salary no there's not the, this is dead but we have to talk about it because it came out today and it was like hey <laughs> mm-hmm. how about what what if they go do this because james edwards put it out that they had been interested now i know it was written on celtics blog and when it was pitched as a story in the celtics blog slack there was speculation that this is just a repeat report of what he had earlier in the summer. Mm. And he has added the other teams to the list that have inquired about Isaiah Stewart. Because remember back around the draft, maybe a little bit before free agency, the Celtics had reportedly had interest in bringing in Stewart. Uh, At that time, it made a little bit more sense because the contract would still have been matchable. He could have fit into a much easier trade. It would have been, what, $5.3 So that's much yeah. easier to match. They didn't have the TP yet, I don't think. But regardless, they could have made the deal much easier. It would have been pick any couple of end-of-bench guys and you've got yourself a salary match. Now it's much more complicated. Like you said, the money is much larger. It would likely take Al Horford, which isn't any fun. And, I mean, Horford mm-hmm. is really bought into – his role off the bench, we talked about it at length this weekend, but he's been really good at impacting the game without really having to take too many shots. Stewart himself is having an okay statistical season. He's averaging more than he has for his career average. He's down scoring from last year, but he's still playing 30 minutes a game for the Pistons, which is kind of encouraging when you're looking to trade for a guy. A lot of times we talk about trades, we look and we're like, well, that guy's just not even playing. Like, what value is he going to add? It's not like you can't conceive a world where Stewart is somebody that could help the Celtics rotation-wise. Like you said, 45% from the field, 36.7% from three. That effective combined field goal percentage is kind of low for a big guy. 53% effective field goal percentage as a what? How tall is he? 6'11", 7 feet tall guy? 6'8". He's six, actually eight, shorter, a okay. little short. I, I think the only uh, this is I agree with you. I'm not saying like it's it's not. I, I think the sure. reason is they're not really playing him in a in a role that necessarily suits him. They're playing him at power forward. 
right? They're playing him alongside Jalen Duran, alongside James Wiseman. Like they're trying to play him as this four, when in reality he's kind of like a small ball five. Um, so it, I, I don't know what the fuck the Pistons are doing. <laughs> like, I think like, I think it, a player like Stewart makes sense for the Celtics because I was thinking about it yeah, today yeah, when, yeah. I, when I saw the initial report. I was like, well, I know we're going to talk about this today. Like, who would be an actually great player for the Celtics to target? If you want to bring in another big guy that's not Luke Cornett and keep Luke Cornett around, because Cornett has been pretty solid. Like, you can't really look at his game and what he's done and be like, that guy's a problem. When he's in the game, things go worse for the Celtics. What you could say is when he's in the game and has to guard the perimeter, things don't really go well for the Celtics. So if you bring in a small ball big guy, usually one of the traits that they bring is the ability to move their feet and stay in front of these guards. It's what's made Horford great for years. Uh, it was part of the appeal of Rob Williams because he could do that a little bit. He was blocking jump shots on three-point attempts. It was awesome. Porzingis lacks that a little bit. You've seen the team go to drop coverage a bit this year. So you don't necessarily need the backup to be able to do that because your whole team understands the defensive scheme of drop coverage and it's worked pretty well this year. But when the guys are a little bit shorter or maybe not as athletic as Cornette really can't uh, extend himself as much as Porzingis, it gets a little easier to pick apart the drop coverage. That magic loss at Amway Center last month in the in-season tournament was a perfect example of why Cornette can be a liability because they went at him every single time in the second half that they had the opportunity. And the Celtics paid for it. Yeah. Do you have any names? Or are you just... Do I have names? Who do you think I am? No, I have like an, I just created a, my player. That's what I did. The the answer to your question is that guy doesn't exist for any kind of salary that could fit into the TPE. Do you want the closest names that I could come up with in these? You're going to give me a Metu. No, no, no. Okay, some of well, these are the only one that I've heard you say in the past. Go ahead. Yeah. So, okay. So some of these are more fours that could potentially guard fives as well, which kind of fits the same mold. Um, no, Dean Wade is a name we heard a lot over the summer. Actually. Uh, I don't know how much the Cavs would want to give him up because their depth own depth issues. And they, the they old, started him the other day. They did start him. The other appeal of Dean Wade is he makes 5.7 this year. And then he's also under contract for two more years for six plus mil. So that is tradable salary. If you'd like to be more active. Um, other guy is, Magic player Chuma Okiki, who hasn't really played for them, but he is six six. He's a bigger body that you can put on the wing, but he's very similar to Lamar, Lamar Stevens at that point. So you don't really know why they would right. want to, or the Celtics want to do that. Um, it's a bit weird, but Jared Vanderbilt's not really playing for the Lakers right now. He's like playing fifteen minutes a game. He's only played in five games. I know he was hurt for a while, so he's yeah, just he was hurt. like <clears throat> that's a bit weird. You wonder if they'd want like. I'm not saying you would should trade Peyton Pritchard for Jared Vanderbilt, but if they were really convinced they needed that small ball five more than Peyton Pritchard, which I don't think is true, um, you could see a world where the Lakers might want the shooting more than Jared Vanderbilt and the Celtics might want the the vice versa. So that is something, and he is under contract for a while. That's matching salary. Um, not really the switchable one, but a big if you're really if you're one of the people really convinced they need a better big. Nick Richards uh, in Charlotte. Um, making five million this year and then five million the next two years too. So another guy is getting tradable salary and fits into the TP. Um, Jalen McDaniel's in Toronto, six nine. He's not his brother defensively, but he is a big body that can get out there and guard. And then Precious Achu is the name that we've talked about a million times as well. Um, so big bodies. I just want to yeah. go back to him. I'm pretty sure he signed an extension with the Lakers last summer. I don't know how much it was for. But that whole poison pill issue could come into play with him too. 
Yes. So he makes 4.6 right now, then 10, 11 and a half, 12 and a half, then 13.2. I don't know how the poison pill works there, but that would definitely be something to look out for that. I'm not sure how it works. Um, they need to ban the poison pill. That's my takeaway <laughs> from this discussion is it's really made things too cloudy for us to talk about. And if you're the NBA and you so desperately need press, you got to make it easier for the numbskulls that talk about you to cover them. Uh, for what it's I, worth. I just, go ahead. Looking you're at it. Something valuable. I'm not. I don't think. <laughs> I don't think the poison pill applies to Jared Vanderbilt. Built, excuse me, because it's not a rookie scale contract. I think that's I the main thing. Um, because when I put it into Fanspo, it didn't pop up. And if I put Isaiah Stewart into Fanspo and try to trade him to the Celtics, I assume it'll pop up and say, "Oh, poison pill, watch out." Yeah. Uh, so I don't think it applies. Okay, sure. For what it's worth. But um, I don't yeah. really know if they need anybody right now. It, it's very hard for me to look at a twenty and five Celtics team that's won five straight and hasn't lost at home and is proven that they can turn up when it's important for them to turn up. I can't be like, Hey, I think th they're really missing this or they need to remove these guys in order to bring in this guy. It's very, I mean, Jack, you know, I I'm never like, I love a trade. I hate trades. It's very difficult for me to cope with giving up anybody on the team. I'm very loyal to our guys here. I'm very curious. 10 years x amount of years down the line when the celtics are in a a magic like or thunder like position with the new guys on the team where they do need to make a trade if you are still going to be like no just see it through or be like yeah maybe they should do something uh, that's i don't know because i'll probably be smarter by then but like the last time it happened when let, let's <laughs> like turn back let's say five years ago when it was 2018 tatum was a rookie or i'm sorry it would have been tatum's second season then but there was still all the anthony davis talk we were all like oh should they get Davis? Kyrie will stay. You can have those two guys. And Anthony Davis was a legitimate question. Then his dad was like, I hate the Celtics. I hope uh, I hope they die. Uh, he said terrible things about the organization. Mm -hmm. I don't think I would have traded anybody. I didn't like that. I was like, ah, like it's really hard to like give up. You have Tatum and Brown. You have them for a long time. They don't make a lot of money. I mean, obviously it worked out for the Celtics, but there have been guys I didn't want to trade in the past. Like when they traded Avery Bradley, I was pissed. I mean, Marcus the summer, like Marcus. that's the easiest I mean, example. But I think when Marcus happened, like we were pissed because of the the optics slash the the moral standpoint of it. I thought it was kind of fucked up. But from a basketball standpoint, right off rip, you were in on Porzingis before it even happened. And then when we we when the trade actually happened, we were like, "Well, Porzingis like is coming off a career year, and he makes sense." And I wrote a whole whole article on him being the Horford successor over the summer. So mm -hmm. I don't know. It's weird. Like I I have different tendencies now than I did a couple years ago. In ten years, I'm probably gonna have a lot different tendencies. Who knows? It's true. It's true. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel. America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action NFL. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including you got spreads, you got your player props, you got over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. 
$10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. Um, I mean, this bleeds right into our next topic of conversation, which is the fact that Shams is convinced that the Celtics are going to be trade happy this year or, or in on the trade market or something weird. We had the Windy Report come out, I, I think, a couple podcasts ago saying, nah, they'll probably be buyout guys. Sham keeps hammering home. No, trades, trades, we're going to trade. Yeah. Um, what exactly did he say? Um, you put this in here. I don't see any. Like, I didn't put from, the quoting because I wasn't listening to it. He basically did he tweeted said, out hey, or did he say it somewhere? It was one of those stupid. He tweeted like a clip. Okay. Not getting my views. Sure. But I saw people aggregate that. He said the Celtics are still going to be active in the trade trade market. Um, it was not an article, but he must have some pretty solid stuff coming in on his end because he has doubled down on his report after being disputed by the great windy. When was the great? This? What I'm is happening in Utah? Windy. Hmm. Uh, I see. I see. The Boston Celtics are going to be aggressive and just seeing what could be out there for bench help. I, like the buyout market like, is the way to go. There, there's this, no avenue for the Celtics to significantly improve their bench without taking away from another area. And if you want to talk about Al Horford, he technically is the bench. So if you want to go get somebody like Isaiah Stewart, you have to give up Horford, and I don't think it makes you better. It doesn't feel like it. You're disrupting the chemistry. You're taking out a key component. Why would you do that? Okay, if you combine uh, Brissett, Banton, and, I don't know, Mikhailu, guys that are all – I don't know if they're guaranteed or not. I'm really bad with the contracts. But if you added them all up, you would get, I don't know, $4 million. We – you can really get an absolute game changer for $4 million in today's league. There, There is no room for them to make a trade unless there's something we don't know. Unless the they're over Horford. Trade options out there are Chicago and Toronto because they have like four guys who fit into the TPE that you could say, yeah, they're probably better than the Celtics slew of random bench pieces. And it's Precious Achua, Jalen McDaniels, Torrey Craig, and Javon Carter. Past that, there is nothing. I have looked at every fucking player that makes seven million or less, and there's not one there. He is, but he's he's like he's been hurt and washed. hasn't really done anything he's, since yeah, the finals not, when they beat the Celtics. So yeah, he's washed. With all due respect, Otto Porter, he is currently averaging two and two on 38, 37 splits in twelve. Thirty-seven's not bad. If you're only taking threes, thirty-eight percent from the field. In I don't know. But if you want to bring in the vet presence, sure, it's not the end of the world. But like I said, he's Toronto. It's Toronto and Chicago. And I, mean, I don't hate Craig. I don't hate Javon Carter. I don't hate McDaniels. Like there are exciting storylines or targets to talk about, but it doesn't feel like that's going to happen. The reason mm-hmm. those guys are exciting is because they actually are valuable. I don't know how much a Toronto is going to want to give up on somebody like McDaniels. Achu has been a weird one where we kind of seem unsure. Carter, sure, but I've been so impressed with Pritchard, I don't really know if I need that. But Carter does bring a little bit of a defensive burst, Mm -hmm. which you don't always get from Pritchard. You're always going to get play hard no matter what from Pritchard, which is excellent. But sometimes he just doesn't have the strength and size to defend, which sucks. Mm -hmm. 
And as for Craig, he's been a 3 and D guy for years. Sure. But the Celtics have a bunch of them. They're not playing them because Sam mm-hmm. Hauser's out playing all of them. Well, they have a bunch of defensive guys. They don't really have the three, I suppose, on the bench. Well, they're uh, supposed to Hauser. be. <laughs> There's and a big Lamar difference Stevens between supposed to be. Uh, a thousand hundred percent from three. He was for a while. He's not anymore. Not even close. <laughs> no, he's probably like what 35, 38%. I don't know how many he's taking. He made two. Yeah, I know he missed like a bunch in the other game. He's thinking 33. 33, yeah. Not great. Um it, there's just not nothing out there. There's just making a trade for the Celtics is impossible because all they have is the TPE unless they trade Horford. And I can't imagine a world where they trade Horford. And even if so, even if they'd wanted to trade Pritchard, even if they're like, you know what, Pritchard makes a little bit of money, let's trade him. He's poison pilled, so it makes it harder for other teams to take him, right? And even if they could take him in, and the Celtics literally traded everything, they were, they were like, you know what, we, we like our top six, but we want a seventh guy, or, or excuse me, we like our top eight or, or, or seven with Sam Hauser. We want an eighth guy, and we'll trade everybody else. We'll trade. It doesn't matter. We'll trade everybody else on the roster to match the salary, and then they can waive him, and it's fine. Whatever. Even Jordan Walsh can be in there, just for the sake of me ranting right now. That'd get them up to four, six and a half, eight point, you know, something, 12, 13. It'd get them to thirteen. They could just barely trade for Isaiah Stewart if they combined. <laughs> Peyton Pritchard, Luke Cornett, O'Shea Brissett, Svi Mikhailu, Delano Benton, and Jordan Walsh. They could get to, to, to Isaiah Stewart. That is the only way without trading Al Horford or Sam Hauser. Yeah, it's no not problem. happening. Like, it's just not going to happen. So Get ready to talk about buyouts. That, that's what's going to be next. And that's what all <laughs> exactly. you fans should be looking for. Because Exactly. I Has there been anybody that Jack has brought up that is a potential trade target that's actually excited you? I mean, those names he mentioned today aren't bad to us because we're kind of in it. But from I like somebody Craig. just on the outside looking in, you're like, I don't care. Tory Craig's my favorite out of everything. Otto Porter's fine too, but like, Tory Craig's a guy who has been on, bet, <clears throat> excuse me, been on winning teams. He's been to the finals. Uh, he shoots the ball pretty well. He's a big body, six seven, strong, can defend uh, bigger guys. He, he's basically like O'Shea Brissett and Lamar Stevens if they could shoot threes. Mm. And he's a veteran. He's the only guy that, that like comes to mind that I'm like, yeah, that wouldn't be terrible. And I think he's on a, a multi-year deal um, as well, which would make him a trade piece moving forward. Yeah, he's 2.5 this year, 2.8 next year, which is oh, small. Yeah. But it is, you know what I'm saying? He is under contract for an extra season, so it's not like a complete rental. He's the only guy that comes to mind that I'm like, yeah, do it. Why not? Um, but at the same time, I'm pretty sure they'd have to waive somebody in order to bring him in, which I don't think would be too big of a problem. I think Sfi and or Delano and or Lamar and or O'Shea is pretty like, Meh, at this point, I think Steve would probably be the first to go, but uh, Tory Craig's the only guy that I, I'm like, yeah, I'm in. Precious is all right, too, but like, it's it's all the same. Like, none of it's like this big, like, shams, oh, trade, big, big bench upgrade. Like, no, it's just like, meh. The Celtics are at a position where you shouldn't want that. Like, you should look and be like, oh, Celtics are 20 and five. They've won just about every big game. Who cares? Mm-hmm. I don't care. I what do I care? Keep these guys. I trust just about everybody that Joe trots out there. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like there's actually like a real place that needs upgrading. It just doesn't. Hauser, Pritchard, and even Cornette have probably played above expectations this year. Hauser in particular has been excellent. He's better than I could have imagined he'd be. 
And Pritchard has really turned it around lately. And Cornette's just been solid. He's he's not giving you minutes where you're like, oh, he's out there. I can tell because they suck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I just There's nothing out there that's good enough <clears throat> to make you want to blow up what the Celtics have already done. Speaking of what the Celtics have already done, TD Garden uh, is, is not a place players want to play right now. We titled a podcast earlier this season, TD Garden is a Fortress, and it has continued to be that. Um, <clears throat> 5-0 homestand. Wins over the Knicks, two against the Cavs, two against the Magic. Celtics are now 14-0 at TD Garden. A lot of players have played about it, or excuse me, talked about it. JB said, success is earned every day. That means every shoot-around film session, every time we're together, we need to be aware of what's going on. Missoula said, um, that's more important. you got to think two years. We go to the NBA Finals without home court advantage. Last year, we don't go. Home court advantage is important, I think, from the standpoint of you want to be able to play in the Garden. Um, but we want to be defined by... Uh, at the end of the day, you might not be able to control that, but we have to just be able to play regardless of the circumstances. I think we want to be defined by that. Derek White says they don't really talk about it. He said they had the best fans in the league, then he walked out of the room. Um, it, it feels like they understand it, but it also feels like they're still trying to keep up the mentality of win the day. Doesn't matter. Just win the game no matter where you are. That said, 14-0 at home, kind of crazy, kind of sick. Very awesome. big fan. I mean, I, I've loved that – they have played for real. And and there's like another little like block of quotes here that I put is something's continuing to be for real because they are uh, all of the stuff that you just read off the quotes. They just don't seem satisfied with their early season start. They've done a great job of mostly taking everybody serious. The only laugher that they dropped was that Hornets game. The rest of their losses, Minnesota was a tough one, went to overtime. They lost in Philly. That was a really bad performance that they made close at the end. Uh, there was the Charlotte loss. I'm missing two more, but they haven't lost at home yet. Go ahead, Sam. Mm -hmm. You got it. You got it. Don't tell me because I want to say already. Guess. I said uh, Philly, Minnesota, Charlotte, Orlando was just a game that they fell apart in the second half. And who is the last one? Who is the last one? They who haven't gone West to? yet. They didn't go to Milwaukee. Oh, no. Indy. They lost the game in Indy. They did lose to Indy, yes. The Indy that was that was an annoying loss. It really was. It was two weeks ago now. Uh, at yeah. the time, the sky was falling. I was on – we did the post game, and I was mad, real mad. I was like, these guys are doing the same stuff from last year. They continue to be unserious in big moments. They can't close games. They can't play defense and get stops down the stretch. And then what did they do as soon as they got back from the little in-season tournament break? They won five straight. They beat the Knicks bad. They blew the Cavs out twice. They blew the Magic out twice. And now we're looking at them going away on a West Coast road trip where they have an opportunity to extend that to potentially nine straight wins. Uh, it's not going to be easy. They have to go to Golden State, a team that they have had a little bit of a back and forth with for years now. They'll play Utah. They'll play the Clippers. They'll play the Lakers. They'll play Sacramento. Or do they even play Utah? They might not play Utah this I don't time. I think they play Utah in this, in this stretch. Idiot. Someone just beat my ass, please. Yeah, um, they play Golden State, Sacramento, LA, LA. Then they come back ah, to play Detroit. Big dumb idiot, Sam. Mm. But yeah, I'm glad that they're showing up for these games. And they look more consistent overall. Mm. Especially over this last stretch, they've looked extremely consistent. Mm -hmm. Maybe it helps that they're not bouncing around. Or they haven't been bouncing around traveling. That they've been in one city for over a week and a half. But the ability to shape shift as a team 
play through different players, meaning Jalen Brown can take over, Porzingis can take over, Derek White has had big games, of course, Tatum too. This is how the team is supposed to play. When you have this many guys on the team, this is what you're going for. This is what Brad Stevens envisioned. And I want to compare it to the 2019 team that we all thought would be like this when they had Kyrie and then Brown and Tatum were coming off the playoff run where they both stepped up huge against all the teams that were in their way, even Cleveland, who they lost to. Hayward was going to be back. Horford's back. Terry Rozier was going to come off the bench and be the sixth man. Then you have Marcus Morris and the other characters too. And that didn't work. They weren't able to play fluidly. They struggled to find an identity the whole year. And we're not seeing that this year. We're seeing a bunch of guys that are integrating new bodies into the team. Drew Holiday, Porzingis. And those two guys have been great to start. Holiday has done it without having to be an offensive focal point. Porzingis has been somebody that they've played through more often. But they've both both had positive impacts right away. There haven't been growing pains. The only pains that there have been are in Porzingis' calf, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. They're back. And I mean, it, this bleeds into the quotes you put in here about the Celtics still playing correctly that I accidentally skipped over to go to the garden thing because I missed it. Um, <clears throat> KP said, I think JB said it. When you have that much talent, it can invite laziness. What we want to do is build the culture no matter what, no matter how talented we are, who, no matter who's in, who's out. We always play hard. Missoula said, uh, this is about Missoula's big fist pump thing that we talked about in the magic recap, which I, I love. Uh, I think players need to see that sometimes. I, like everyone else, care about winning. I do have fun. I just thought it was a moment to show that I think we're starting to play Celtics basketball. Celtics have won five in a row, and as you put here, uh, is this over the last five games, or is this overall, the offensive-defensive rating? Uh, that's overall. That is that is just across the league. They are uh, sixth in offense, third in defense, and they're just firing in all cylinders. They have it under control on both sides of the ball. Specifically over the last week, they've been great on defense, which to me is always very important. I just think it's the most mm -hmm. uh, reliable source of success. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they, they've having a good stretch here, five and zero at home. It does feel like they're really locking into playing the correct way, which is important. Um, even going back to like. Like, I know we had those those uh, disagreements after the indie game of did they play correctly, did they not? I still think there was a certain level of they played fine uh, minus the defensive slip-ups in the third. Um, but it, it feels like they've taken that and they've adjusted it. Because in the indie game, I think offensively they played the correct way. Shots just weren't falling. But defensively, they failed to adjust a little. And in every game since then, They've continued to do that offensively and trusted the offensive process, but they've started making adjustments game to game uh, defensively. Like you saw it during the Cavs games where they picked up the the pick and roll at a higher point. So that Max Struess and Donovan Mitchell couldn't hit, you know, super cool threes. Uh, and then in the next game, they played free safety defense where Kristaps would be in the corner and help over at the rim. And they kind of left Isaac Okoro. And then in the magic game, um, they, they, you know, played a little bit more physical. They focused on stopping uh Paolo and Franz and I mean they really just kind of shut them down and, and said nah sorry you're not going to beat us in the same physical way that you beat us last time um it's been fun to see them them commit to playing the level of basketball that everyone knew they could play uh and sort of so they were hot to start the year and when they came out of the gates everyone was like yeah this seems really good I think they're playing better now than they were even at the start of the year yeah that's to be expected I mean listen 
at the start of the year, they were in a dogfight against the Knicks in opening night. They buckled down and won it. Shout out. Then they kind of struggled against a Heat team that didn't have Jimmy. Like, they didn't get off to the most amazing start. After the first couple games, we should not have been like, Celtics are back. Who's stopping them? Bleacher Report. Instead, we've watched them continue to grow. We've seen them continue to respond when they play poorly. And I think these are traits of a team that is serious. Because that Pacers loss was terrible. It came in a big spot. It was a game I cared about quite a bit. A lot of people started to care about the in-season tournament. The fans in the arena in Indianapolis clearly cared. And the Celtics withered away down the stretch. I didn't like it. I was discouraged. But the encouraging part is now they've won five straight. And they look to be playing their best ball of the whole year. They just beat an Orlando Magic team that had ripped off, what, a 9-10 game winning streak at some point this season? They beat them on Friday without any of their regular rotation bigs playing. Lamar Stevens started at center, and the Celtics won, and they won in a blowout. That is so big. And also, at other times this season when Porzingis has been out, you've been like, damn, they look like they missed Porzingis. That didn't happen. So I'm just continuing to get more confident about this team. It reminds me of the 22 team when the big story, especially going into the finals, was that they didn't lose back-to-back games for like a very long time. Like since they turned the season around, they stopped losing consecutive games. I would be shocked if we saw this team lose consecutive games, knock on wood, this season. The way they're playing right now, in, in, in the backbone that they have shown, it would be very surprising to me. Unless you're setting they, like, yourself up, guys. You're setting yourself up for disappointment here. You know that, right? I'm always setting myself up for disappointment, baby. <clears throat> that I is went crazy. to the playoffs last year, and I was like, "This is the most wonderful time of the year," and boy, was I wrong. No back-to-back losses is crazy. They've only lost back-to-back once this season. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know the if I can commit. Losses to that. were back-to-back. Mm-hmm. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, let's check in with the email. Uh, let's see what people have to say. I think we have lots of RJ emails here. Make sure to email us at hbtcpod at uh, gmail.com if you'd like to get in touch with us. Uh, for now, let's see what RJ has to say. First one, what's popping? The magic win started with Indiana. Evening, guys. Just a quick email to suggest that everything starts somewhere, and it's not always where we think. Looking at footage from Friday's game, the pacing and attack of the Celtics reminded me of the fourth quarter against Indiana. No, not the loss to IST, the blowout win in Boston that night. All of the bench guys played hard with both pace and connection at each end of the court. They built up a lead against it, uh, the Pacers by continuing to execute as a team. The hospital Celtics on Friday found that same key to success, <clears throat> starting with Jalen Brown's overdrive gear and then everyone playing ball uh, and getting to the rim. This is the first Magic game, which opened up three-pointers and kept the Celtics even in free-throw column. I hope the Celtics follow this formula for success on Sunday. We'll see in about 18 hours. Be well. Well, RJ, they did. They did, in fact, keep it up <clears throat> on Sunday, which was fun to see. <clears throat> 
uh, they did do that. I didn't even realize um, this was from before the first, uh, the second game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was from Friday. Uh, next one, this is from before Sunday's Magic game again. What's popping? Can you run laps for running your mouth? Morning, gents. It is still here on the rainy West Coast. Saw the headlines on Boston.com with a quote from O'Shea Brissett about how the Celtics bench is, quote, better than a lot of teams' first unit. I did see this. I did forget about it, but I did see this. <clears throat> and I get that he's confident in the new bus boys, uh, which is great, but let the unit surprise people, Brissy, or let them remain overconfident that they can kick your butt while you go out there and take their lunch money. But it's a rookie move when after you finally get some press about something other than your vlog, you go out and put a target on your back, daring opponents to dial in on Celtics reserves. If Al still holds his kangaroo court, I can see O'Shea getting called up on charges. Well, I hope uh, he and the rest of the squad are ready to cash the check. O'Shea's mouth up. He will. I don't care. I think it's fine. I don't think that matters. I don't think teams are using O'Shea Brissett's quote to fucking. I, 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 I am happy that he's confident. I'm on the opposite. Actually, I like the quote. I don't think it's a bad thing. I, I agree with you, Jack. I think it's really big that the bench has this much confidence, despite a lot of them not always being involved in games like it sucks for somebody like O'Shea Brissett to join the Celtics this summer be a big talking point and then just never get any run at all like mm-hmm. the man played an excellent game the first time he was asked to actually play minutes in over like three weeks I'll let him talk I mean I'm just ha- I'm happy yeah. that they played well and I'm happy that Joe Missoula can rely on them in spots where guys are hurt. It's just, it's mm-hmm. pretty sick. I agree. For what it's worth, the Celtics bench this year is the third best net rating of any bench in the NBA. So he's backing it up. They're backing it up. They're playing well. Let's go. Um, next one. What's, pu- what's cooler than being cool? Ice cold. Uh, this is after the Celtics win over the Magic. Afternoon, gents. Four games up, four games in the win column. My MVP for this game, as much as I love JB's offense, Drew Holiday for cooling out Bancaro in the second quarter and beyond. Ben Harrow, excuse me, Bancaro hit for 19 in the first quarter and 17 the rest of the game. Also, shout out to Namiya Shkeda for giving his best Luke Cornette impression today. Not high re- highlight real stuff, but 16 minutes, two points, three rebounds, only one foul. That's important. Uh, he stepped in and played solid ball and kept the game flowing. Also saw that Bancaro spent more time trying to hunt isolations against Horford and Sam Hauser, uh, or against Horford than Sam Hauser. I think people have learned that Sam Hauser Island is no vacation spot. Still waiting for that Wagner masterclass, though. Be well, RJ. Yeah. Good. good across the board did you get the uh the reference in the in the subject line who what's cooler than being cool no it's a hey have you heard the song hey yeah by outcast yes yeah it's a line it's a line in the song uh last email from rj this is from last night after the celtics sunday night one of the magic what's popping back to the future road trip Fun fact, gents, last year after 25 games, Celtics were 20-5 and and were heading west for a four-game road trip that included stops against the Warriors, Clippers, and Lakers. Sound familiar? Last year's trip turned out 2-2. I want more this year. Let's get greedy, RJ. As much as I am not Sam and I am realistic, I agree. Keep it rolling. You're playing well right now. You can't let this road trip bring you down. You got the Warriors, the Kings, the Clippers, the Lakers. I'm not expecting a sweep. I never expect a sweep on long trips. I didn't expect a sweep at home, and it was a nice surprise when they did yeah, it. Yeah, because you're an idiot. That's why. <clears throat> no, because I'm not. If you fucking... parlayed all four games, you could be rich, but you you would never do that because you have no spine. No, and because also I'm not because a fucking you moron. Games that far in advance, but <laughs> um, you should win at least three of these games. Uh, you definitely beat the Lakers at Christmas. You can't lose to them on Christmas. Earth the only respect. game uh, you can't lose to the Cl- the Clippers are hot right now. 
So maybe that's it. They beat up on the Kings in the past. I think the Clippers and the Warriors games are the only, like, maybe they lose games, but these are four winnable games. Win. <laughs> that's what so I- last year, this road trip was awful. RJ's right. Uh, I think, I want to say the Kings weren't a part of it, and it was Phoenix. That or they, yeah. it was a five-game road trip, and Phoenix was also involved, which could be. No, I think you're right. I think you're right. Because they beat the piss out of Phoenix, and we were all like, watch out. And then uh, it turned out not to be true. They they lost real bad to Golden State. They looked lost, and it kind of showed us that they weren't ready yet, or they had like little bit of flashbacks to the finals when they sucked. But the reason I'm going back to this is because last year's game at uh, Crypto.com against the Lakers was my least favorite game ever. Because it was awful. The Celtics had a big lead. They blew the lead. They said, please, no, no, no. We don't want to win. Then the Lakers blew a lead. And they said, please, no, no, no. We don't want to win. And then we had to watch two overtimes. And I had to work the next day. And the game ended at like 2.30. It was terrible. Yeah. I mean. two cents. Analysis. Shocker. Sam expects Celtics to be perfect 100% of the time. Which, it works for the show. But. It's unrealistic, which is why I will never predict a sweep. Although they're playing well enough where they can do it, so do it. Why not? That's that's where I'm at. Uh, all right, let's go to the NBA. Let's check in with the NBA standings. Sam, have the Pistons won a game yet? Fill me in. No, they haven't. It's really sad. <laughs> but, like, in fairness to them, the schedule has not been in their favor. They had the misfortune of playing Philadelphia and Milwaukee back-to-back. Uh, the two teams are both big time front runners. Like nobody loves a win against a bad team quite like the Sixers do. But the problem is uh, they lost by like an average of they actually literally lost both games by 32 points. Look at this. So they're not even close to winning. Look at this. How sad is this ESPN schedule page? It, Look at the L's. It's My sad. God. Like if I was a Pistons fan, I don't know what I would do. I would probably be rooting for the firings of a lot of people. But I'm not really sure who's completely to blame for this because they've done everything they're supposed to do draft-wise. Like, they had the number one pick. They picked Cade. He's been okay. He was hurt last year. He's putting up, like, loser star guy stats where he's doing... Yeah, his, like, percentages are kind of low. He's not all that efficient. Uh, I think his assisted turnover might be pretty good, but besides that, like there's nothing to be super excited about. Duren's been good for them. Like they have individual guys to be excited about. Even Thompson as a rookie has been pretty solid. He's like a do everything guy, but it just yeah. hasn't come together yet. It's really weird, but uh, they are playing Atlanta and then Utah this week. Now I don't know who's after that, but the Celtics will host them in 10 days, December 28th, baby. Could be a streak versus streak. Home win streak slash Celtics win streak if they continue to win versus Pistons losing streak. They've got Atlanta, Utah, Brooklyn, Brooklyn, Boston. <clears throat> so I I feel like there's no way they lose back to back to Brooklyn. It is in Brooklyn and then in Detroit. So it's kind of weird. Oh, it's a whole it's a back and forth. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's stupid. <clears throat> I agree. Um it's also Saturday in like, Brooklyn and then Tuesday in Detroit. So there's like a two day and they break come back here. <clears throat> Very weird. Very weird. Um, I don't know. How many games have they lost now? What is it? 23. They're five away from the record. If you don't, I'll get tell the record, you what, point, if they break the record, I will buy <laughs> yeah. a Pistons jersey with the number 
whenever they win, and it'll say straight as the name. Like, let's say 28 straight. <clears throat> Fire. I like that. And I'll like hang that. it. I'll hang it right up there. I'll do it. What, what do I need, buddy? I mean, at this point, kind of loser stuff if you don't break the record. Like, it's all for naught at this point. Yeah, you get this if you're going to suck, well at least suck like the best. Agree. Uh, anyways, looking around the, the league, the East is very win heavy at the top. Celtics five in a row, Bucks four in a row, Sixers six in a row. Uh, and only two other teams, the Heat and the Cavs, who have both won only one in a row, have winning streaks. Everyone else has lost. Pistons at 23, a bunch of one gamers. Hornets at four games lost. Pacers at three in a row. Magic at two in a row, both the Celtics. Um, so the Celtics, Bucks, and Sixers are really separating themselves from the pack here. Um, Sixers are two games ahead of the Magic in four. Out yeah. west, meanwhile, um, Pelicans have won four in a row. They're seven and three in the last ten. Timberwolves, Thunder, Mavericks topping the West. Timberwolves kind of separating themselves from everybody else. They're three games ahead of the second place Thunder. Um, Blazers have lost seven in a row. They're they're approaching, you know, we're just as bad as everybody else territory. Uh, and then the Warriors have won two in a row, so they're they're turning it around a little bit. But they are still five and five in the last ten. The Suns are still four and six in the last ten. So West is weird. Yeah, I mean. Overall, there's five teams that have been pretty good. Celtics, Bucks, Sixers, Wolves, Clippers, all eight and two over the last 10. Pretty yeah. impressive. Uh, Clippers have turned it around big time after they had a little bit of a rocky start with James Harden. I mean, luckily for them, it's starting to pan out here where they went all in and it doesn't look like it's going to ruin their franchise for the next 10 years. So good for them. It still might ruin it for the next 10 years, but they might get something out of it. Um, mm -hmm. Then who's been fucking shit is of course, Detroit Spurs are one and nine in their last 10 blazers, wizards, Hornets, Hawks, all two and eight. So Hawks could lose the Pistons. They've been bad enough where it's do the Pistons beat the Hawks. Maybe. Then the Raptors have been sneaky bad too. They were one of the surprising teams that I saw with the three and seven. So I put it on there. Mm -hmm. uh, ooh, if Atlanta loses to the Pistons, that would be bad. <laughs> Sorry, my, my audio cut out for a sec because I think my phone started picking something up audio wise for That's my terrible Bluetooth headphones. That I was so confused too because I was I was looking at the picture you sent me, which is flooding <laughs> I mean, that's for the rat list i meant to say for rat list <clears throat> my bad but um we'll look that's at that okay. but you didn't but spoil it my point is that's all i was looking at so i don't know why my headphones cut out <laughs> in terms of audio you did send me two game winners to look at or you put them on the sheet which we can look yes. at here um I this put is the lincoln heat's... so miami yeah. downed chicago with a jimmy winner and then okc beat denver over the weekend it's always cool when you get a buzzer beater unless it's against your team but Cool Jimmy step back over Kobe White, and they win it. Is that Tyler Hero dressed like a fucking dickhead? You know, yes. in the all white. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, who else would that be? Shocker, right? Yeah. There he is, big winner from Jimmy in their ugly ass Heat culture uniforms, uh, and then Shea just just down the Nuggets. This this one's more impressive. It's always more impressive to see a game winner when your team is losing. Yeah, I, I think that's true. <laughs> That was cold-blooded by Shea. That was a tough shot, too. Peyton Watson played good defense here. Shea he continues to be an absolute dog. Good for him. Good for Thunder fans. It's been a while for the Thunder. It's it's good that they finally get to see their team be competitive and things mm -hmm. are finally starting to fall into place. I feel like, I guess if you're a Thunder fan, you kind of had this coming for years. Like You knew like all the draft picks were there. If you play any 2K sim, you know like Thunder always a hoss. Like they're winning yeah. five straight finals every time you do a sim, but 
it's kind of cool to see it actually go there. And then OKC, I mean, not OKC, Warriors, like you said, two straight, barely beat the Portland Trailblazers yesterday, though, who have been terrible. They won because Shady and Sharp drove for a game-tying layup on a fast break in uh, Podeshevsky. I don't know how to – Podeshevsky. What is it? Pajemski. What is it? Pajemski. Pajems, pajamas. Pajemski. Sure. <laughs> uh, took a charge. So there was that. Good for them. Speaking of taking a charge, a former warrior took what he thought to be a charge. Be hitting the deck, uh, not taking a charge. <laughs> Jordan Poole, if you're looking at the timestamps, I wrote it as Jordan Poole slipped, LOL. Because I truly don't know what else to call it. Um, no, he slipped. <clears throat> this is Jordan Poole against the Suns with some sound effect magic for you. Uh, <laughs> just <laughs> what, he, he didn't he's even... just bring, bringing the ball up oh, he and he just goes down. This is crazy, man. He just falls. Down. <laughs> he falls like a cartoon character. <laughs> yeah, he from from the way he was standing and running. I'm not sure he could have fell harder. This is that crazy. was about the hard. That's like in wrestling when like they barely get hit, but they have to like act like they got hit hard. Yeah. That's kind of like what this looks like. Look at how confused Eric Gordon is. He's like, what the hell? Uh, he doesn't know what to do. He like freezes. <laughs> well, good for the officials. Like I, I feel like they would have been like, "Oh, we have to call something here." If if and here is a, Gordon had been anywhere near as close to pool. Here on audio platforms, this is uh, Jerry Montgomery's host. Boom! Stray Montgomery's boast, punching Jordan Poole and then falling down. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, the Wizards are a franchise or something special. I don't really know what I love this because, and they were actually close in that Suns game credit to them, but I love the sleep cycle I have now where like, I kind of go to bed early enough to where like I wake up and I get to see all of this all at once. Cause I had myself a nice chuckle today when I was starting off at the gym in between sets. It, it was great to see pool just fall flat on his ass, man. They're they're special. Uh, speaking of Draymond Green, though, he has apparently started counseling, according to Sham Sharania of the Athletic. Um, Golden State Warriors forward Draymond Green has started counseling. Is expected to remain sidelined via suspension for at least the next three weeks, uh, which means he missed the Celtics matchup for work. Uh, people around Green and the organization said the four-time champion has been understanding and prepared to undergo the process required to return to the team in a full capacity. Those sources will not reveal the specifics of Green's counseling out of respect for his privacy. Um I mean, good for him. This is kind of what you wanted for him. I don't know what it'll change. It feels like this is this is a bunch of bullshit. I disagree. I think it's you good. don't disagree. You just said it. You don't know what it's going to change. It, it's a bunch of bullshit. They have to I'm do has- something to be like. Look, I think we're it's good to that he's it. trying, but I don't know how like how significant the changes will be if it'll work because he is you know so deep rooted. I but like that this like is, you said they have to try something. So I think it's good because they have to try something because it's not this okay. Is them being like we we got to do something because we can't just be like here come back. Like he's he's gotten ejected twenty times, which is only second to Rashid Wallace who has twenty nine career ejections. They're like all right, this has to stop. Like we need to like put some kind of plan in place. But I don't I don't know if it's gonna help. And this is somebody like. I don't know. I I think counseling is a very good thing, but I don't know if you're Draymond. How is that going to help you not punch people? Anger issues. Hopefully, like hopefully they fix his anger issues or get to the you know help his anger issues. Like I said, I'm hesitant. It's gonna be great to, when he's out there again and he's just like counting down from ten. 
If, if it helps a little bit, I mean, he's fucking choked somebody out and punched somebody this season in the span of 10 games. Like, yeah, it just reminds something. me of the jaw thing where, like, he had the gun and then said, I'm really, really sorry. And then he just had the gun again. Hey, different things work for different people. Sure. Uh, I think it's good they're trying something. Uh, sticking with the Warriors, though, Stephen Curry's streak of making a three in every game ended. Um, he went, what is it? Uh, 268 straight games of making at least one three. Crazy. And this year's Trailblazers stopped him of all teams. Yeah. <laughs> like that, that's what happened, right? Um, crazy. Uh, also, another fun three point thing. Did you see the video of Steph reacting to Keegan Murray's three point, like bonanza in Sacramento? How did I forget to put that on the sheet? I saw that today. That's <laughs> crazy. Is that it? Is what's the record for most threes in a single game? 13? 14. 14. 14. Clay did it. And Keegan Murray had 12 through three quarters. Uh, and then they pulled him because they were killing him. Good for him. I like Keegan Murray. Like the Kings. I thought it was mm. sick to see him pop off like that. But what did Curry have to say? So here, I'll play the video of Curry. Was this against Golden State or was this just no, they asked him about it? Because They just asked him about it. Great. They asked him about it while it was happening. Uh, so their game, okay. the Warriors game wrapped as Keegan Murray was doing it. And I'll play the clip here. Hopefully you guys can hear it all right through the podcast. I'll, I'll shut up. So Up in Sacramento tonight, Keegan Murray started 12 of 13 from three. Um, you've hit were. Thir- <laughs> yeah, in the first three quarters. Um, you've hit 13 in the fourth. Uh, it's still going on. Ah, he got hit with it. <laughs> Clay, Clay hypothetically had 18 in Chicago if he would have stayed in the game. And is it still going on? Well, just how how he still at? Oh, this is this is dope. He's still at 12. I think so. <laughs> Pull it up, Anthony. Come on. <laughs> Yes. How how would you just describe that record, just in terms of its difficulty to achieve? You know, you and Clay have both been up there. Um, I mean, when somebody the team knows you're hot, they're gonna start to shade your way, take you know your looks away. You gotta sustain that over the course of a game. Twelve or thirteen is nuts. Um, he's getting them up. He's getting them up. How much time's left? Stay tuned. Um, no, but it's it's. I, yeah, we'll see. If I yeah. was uh, watching the Celtics play and somebody shot 12 13 from three, I'd probably <laughs> whip my remote across the room. He started 12 13, then he missed the two attempts he got in the fourth quarter, so he didn't break any records. But I just thought it was funny that Steph was three point shooting this week, though, because you had mm-hmm. the Brunson nine of nine game, then you had Murray do that. Mm-hmm. I feel like in the past we haven't seen like high efficiency three point outbursts, usually it's by a lot of volume. People, like that's can all they practice look now. Up off the, or do you know how to look up off the top of your head how many threes it took Clay to get the fourteen? Or did like he how many? Have, yeah, like Clay made fourteen threes for the record, but how many shots did he take from three that game? Um, he was fourteen of. Ooh, where is the answer here? I know he did it against the Bulls. Here's the game. They won one forty nine to twenty four. Jesus Christ! Big win. Um. He finished the night 14 of 24. Yeah, see, like, that's still high efficiency. Like, it's over 50%. Hats off. But it's not 12 of 13 good or 9 of 9. You know, like, this is a different breed we're seeing this week of guys just on heaters. Mm -hmm. I wonder how many he – like, I wonder if he missed some at the end of the game, though. Like, I wonder – Maybe. Maybe he did. 
He also didn't play in the fourth quarter, which is crazy. Isn't it crazy? Like guys will have record nights and then they just end up like leading their team to a blowout. So they don't get to really, really. Stack <clears throat> Let me rephrase. He didn't play for the last 16 minutes of the game and he shot that well. That's fucking crazy. Um, it took him all 24 to get the 14 makes because he ended on a make for what it's worth. So um, there's that. Uh, in other news, Lori Markinen, uh trade value has been discussed because recently on the pod we talked about how you know uh, i think it was jake fisher friend of the show who said he might not be untouchable anymore uh kevin o'connor quote what's the line for an acceptable offer for laurie marketing my impression from talking to teams that it's something resembling the hall the jazz received oh, from excuse me for mitchell and gobert so five-ish first and or players of comparable value comparable value that ain't happening it's Imagine not if gonna you happen. like see the the progression of Woj bombs that leads to you receiving that information. So there's the first one that's like the Jazz are sending Lori Markinen to I don't know, let's just say Oklahoma City, and you're like, cool, we got Lori Markinen, and then it's like hearing that the Thunder have sent some future first to uh, Utah for Markinen, you're like, okay, like it can't be that bad, and then it's like. They traded five future firsts for marketing and your head is in your hands. Actually, what I was going to say, if I'm the Thunder, I'd do it. I'd give up five firsts for marketing because well, they have fucking 90. Yeah, they're, they're a bad example. <laughs> but like if I was the Atlanta Hawks and I found out that my team traded five firsts for Lori marketing, like you have to think to make a trade like firsts. that, you whatever. I don't have the fucking sheets. No, I know. I know. I'm, I'm, that's my point. It was like, it's impossible for most of these yeah. teams. Like, that's crazy. But if if you're making a trade where you're giving up that many firsts, you have to mm. think like, damn, this is our spot and we have to go all in. Mm -hmm. The only teams that you could really be like, they're in position to go all in. And if they did, they would compete for a title is Philly, who I don't think has that draft capital. Maybe the Lakers if you think they're a guy away, the Clippers have already done it. Phoenix doesn't have enough wiggle room cap wise. You don't think OKC I mean, falls into it? OKC falls into it, but like they're a weird one because they're not like mortgaging their future. Like the rest of those teams would have to mortgage their future in order to get a deal done like that. Kind of like how Phoenix did it for Bradley Beal. They give up a zillion picks for Beal. The point of that being that they think they can win a championship. How many teams out there really think they can win a championship if they bring in marketing? OKC is maybe one. The other ones listed are also a possibility. But besides that, like who? New Orleans? Do they really think he's moving the needle for them? Hmm. Minnesota? So, very briefly, um, I'm, I'm cooking an OKC Lori trade up and it's I'm like done in two seconds. I can do it while I'm talking. Um, that's always impressive, by the way, say the five or six, like first, whatever. Cause they have a million, right? It, sure. like, they have a ton of first. Um, and it said players of co comparable value. Now I don't want jokes. Cause I'm actually trying to talk seriously. Aside. Okay. If you trade sure. giddy, because there's questions as to his fit with Shea anyways, and he's a fine player, right. And the, the, the jazz kind of do need guards if they really want that, but maybe it wouldn't matter if they traded, um, What's it called? If they traded Markinen, maybe they would just be whatever. Uh, Giddy, Poku, Trey Mann, and Davis Bertans contract in like six firsts for Markinen and Colin Sexton. The money works. OKC gets to go all in on Laurie and then still have a guard that can be like a bench scoring guy instead of a, a Josh Giddy playing next to, to Shea. Sure. 
you could roll out a starting lineup of Shea, Jalen Williams, Lou Dort, Laurie Markin, and Chet Holmgren with off the bench. You'd still have Colin Sexton. You'd have um, Kenrich Williams, other Jalen Williams, and Isaiah Joe. Hey, I, I don't know if that's the move you want to go all in on, but like that'd be a damn good team. Like that. also Pacers. Pacers. But I don't think I don't know if I'm like a Pacers fan. And I watch my team get marketed, and I'm like, they can beat Milwaukee and Boston and Philly. Yeah. I think they I join know. like the Philly level, mm-hmm. but I don't think they're up there with the Bucks and Celtics. Like, I, I think like if they match up with Milwaukee or the Celtics, like no one's going to take them seriously still. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Which might be unfair, yeah. but like, mm-hmm. it's it just, I wouldn't. If I'm not OKC, I'm not trading five first for marketing. That's, that's the end. Of, that's the We're end. aligned. Uh, all right, a lot more trade buzz. Let's rapid fire through this. Um, yeah, I just figured I'd put it all here so we could have just the report in front of us. All right, rapid fire. This is from Sam Amick of The Athletic. Lakers, Levine, Rich Paul, uh, basically saying um, when that familiar storyline resurfaced last week about the Bulls, Zach Levine, uh, with the Chicago Sun-Times reporting that Levine and his representat- representation uh, want the Lakers, Paul decided to push back on the widely held premise. It's not one team. I don't have a specific destination for Zach. I want what's best for Zach and his family. When you have a guy playing the game, you want him to be able to play the game happy, whether it's in Chicago or elsewhere. Uh, for the Lakers, who are n- also known to have an interest in the Bulls, DeRozan and Caruso, conversation with Chicago is likely to include a request for Austin Reeves, who isn't eligible to be traded until the 15th of January. But by all indications, the Lakers remain as committed to Reeves as they were when they gave him the extension this summer. Uh, I wonder what that says. Like, that could mean, like, they just weren't committed to him over the summer. I know it's trying no. to present itself to where they believe in him, which I'm sure they, they do. do, but they could all, that's also like a very tradable contract at the same time. Like, they could yes. have been like signing him with, like, oh, we could trade him. So, mm-hmm. we'll see what that um, turns out to be. But I stand by Rich Paul bad for the NBA. 76ers stuff meanwhile the 76ers have been studying the star player market closely ever since Harden's trade request in June last year made it clear he was on the way out yet while their focus might have been on an offense first player like Levine in the preseason the unexpected improvement in their post-Harden offense makes it more likely that they'll target a high-end two-way player heading into the February thread deadline this just screams OG Ananobi to me that's all makes sense yeah do they have let's see they who do they trade for OG like who does Masai Ujiri want off their roster? Does he go for nobody. Tobias Harris? Nobody. If I don't, I don't want anybody. If I'm, if I'm Masai Ujiri, there's nobody on that roster that appeals to me outside of Tyrese Maxey. That's Genuinely. the thing. So that makes it really hard for them. Who else could be out there? I don't know. Like that wants to trade for OG or that is that, what do you that think? Philly could make a trade with to get a high end two way player. No, uh, not I, a lot of teams. I know so you yeah, know why no. <laughs> the teams that have high-end two-way players are good <laughs> are competing and those players are high-end two-way players because they're on competing teams the only thing close is alex caruso which i wouldn't hate for them actually so sure go ahead okay well actually you might have just hit it on the head because that's probably <laughs> who they're trying to talk about without actually saying their names uh what should sacramento do it's no secret that the kings have an appetite and the assets to improve the roster as king's general manager monty mcnair um explained so candidly in a mid-july interview with the athletic they entered the season with two-pronged plan of sorts with their 15 and 9 record of fifth place standing in the west and a net rating of 17th that should cause some concern within their walls where does this leave them at this point the interest in exploring upgrades is there but that does not appear as if any of their well-publicized opinions or excuse me options are no-brainers the problem is it seems has 
uh, everything to do with the likely price of doing business for these particular players. They go for players with the Toronto Raptors, Siakam and Anobi, who have drawn interest from the Kings in the past, who are headed to free agency in the summer, that the massive cost of retaining them in the offseason would have a significant impact on what the Kings are willing to offer. Siakam is on an expiring deal, and Ananobi is widely expected to decline his $20 million option for next season. Those two particular prospects appear unlikely at the moment, but they will still have a long way to go for the market to, to evolve. Ananobi, more specifically, does not appear to be significant interest to the Kings. Sucks. There you go. Uh, <clears throat> last thing, Markinen doesn't want to be traded. Uh, Laurie Markin doesn't want to go anywhere. Let's get that part clear to start. After talking with the 26-year-old All-Star forward on Saturday morning, not long before his Jazz got blasted by the Kings in a loss in Sacramento, uh, quote, I just want to emphasize that I really believe in what we're building here with the Jazz. He doesn't want to go anywhere. Uh, I don't know what's happening. It, it feels like he wants to be there. Some reports out of Utah beat reporters say that he's, uh, you know, they don't want to get rid of him. It just sounds like they're not completely saying he's untouchable now, which is fair enough, I suppose, but. I don't know. There you go. Well, you There's go all the trade first. Buzz. So good luck. There's all the trade buzz. Now we can go into the rat list here. Uh, do you want to start? I'll start. I'll start. How many things you got? Uh, not much. Just a couple things. Okay. Uh, so first and foremost, rat list, the lady at the gym. So I was at the gym today. I feel like I have a problem with like 35% of the people that go to my gym, which is kind of high for like the general public to like be like, yeah, I hate like this amount of people. But I feel like every time I go in there, I'm like at least minorly annoyed with somebody. Today was this lady. So I'm on my final exercise. I could not be more excited because every time I finish up at the gym, I go get coffee and my breakfast. And it's like a, it's like a ritual. So I get very like, okay, here we go. Now on my last exercise... I'm in the space where there's a lot of people and that's fine. It's public gym, whatever. The woman next to me is having a loud conversation on her phone. AirPod. I almost put the rat list as AirPods because I'm pretty sure she was, I did not look, but I'm pretty sure she was just using AirPods to like have the conversation. And she wasn't having mm -hmm. this conversation the whole time. I was about halfway through my second set and I hear Hello. And then I hear her start talking loudly. Now, here are some facts that I know about this woman's uh, person she was talking on the phone with. Whoever it was lost their backpack, uh, has recently started a relationship, and sounded like they may have been late for whatever they were going to. So my guess is it was her son. But who am I to eavesdrop, right? It's very rude to eavesdrop. And you don't always want to be doing that. But it is very tough when you have noise-canceling headphones on and you can still hear all of the details of this woman's loud phone conversation. So that is my first rat list of the day. If you're at the gym, they do have signs that say phone conversations to the lobby only. Nobody mm -hmm. wants to hear you talk about the missing backpack. I'm sorry. Agree. Uh, my first rat list will be the child in the Red Robin bathroom because I don't know... So I was going, uh, we went to Red Robin for the Patriots game yesterday. Uh, I go into the bath bathroom at Red Robin. I'm like, all right, I'll pee. Then we'll go to the stadium. It's probably less packed here. Wrong line at the Red Robin mm -hmm. bathroom. Annoying. Go in there. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Whatever, whatever. It's like five minutes in. I'm like, do I just go and see if the bathroom at the place is bigger and more open? Whatever. Kid and his dad come in. Uh, kid almost gets smacked by the door, which was funny. Um, but then as everyone is trying to use the bathroom and get through the line, the kid is just like, doesn't shut up. 
Like he's one of those kids that's just talking and talking and talking and talking. And I'm sitting there like, I just leave. I'm like, I just don't want it. Like this is, I'm, it's, I'm annoyed that I'm waiting for the bathroom. The kid's not going to shut up. And he's saying, and he's like, not like, just like talking, talking. He's like, Oh, look at that guy. He's like describing things in the bathroom. Like it's rude kid. Like, and the dad is like, yeah, I know. Like the dad, what the dad, like with all due respect, the dad is trying to be like, shut the fuck up. But yeah. I was just like, I need to get out of here. I, I it, it, there is two stalls and one urinal, which, by the way, terrible ratio of, of bathroom. You know, please think of it like this: it could have been much worse. There could have been three urinals to go along with the stalls, and you could have been peeing next to the child. And then he just starts describing your penis. This is true. Just, Look at this guy's penis. Would have been worse. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was annoyed. So what you want as a kid talking about your penis? It's the worst. Luckily, thing got to uh, I got to the the Gillette Stadium and the bathroom was open, so it's fine. But that that was like an annoying start to, to the morning. Uh, I do have like a point to make about children in public places later, but I will say a sporting event does not apply to this point, so I'm going to okay. save it. Uh, rat list is uh, well, there was a storm today. If you didn't know. Uh, we talked about it a bit at the beginning of the show. When there is a storm like the one today, there is oftentimes flooding. Now, near me, there is significant flooding. Yes, you can pull up the picture. And when there is significant flooding, there are times where you get idiots trying to make their way through the flooding without getting uh, with, <laughs> with, with their car. Now, as you can see on your screen here, <clears throat> this man... Did not fare so well. Now, I sent a picture. I didn't send this picture, but I sent a picture of the, the car and my girlfriend. She was like, that's terrifying. And I was like, well, it's kind of terrifying, but like also Darwinism. Like he drove through a flooded area and like thought to himself, oh, this won't be a problem. Sometimes you just kind of deserve like the situation you get yourself into. Like no sympathy here. I wonder if the car's still there though, because this was this was taken like a while after I took my picture. So there there was a significant amount of time while this person was stuck. Brutal scenes. I mean, that's that's peak. Like you get what you get, brother. Like yeah. hey, game's the game. Um, <clears throat> Ratlist uh, court, I suppose. Ratlist court. I know court. your answer. <clears throat> I know you what your answer is going to be, and I know where I stand. Oh, okay. Oh. Ratlist court. I think you meant Ratlist. Like no, 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 court. no. Well, Ratless yeah, jury duty. I do have jury duty in March that I've had to put off. But um, <clears throat> so Taylor Swift was at the the Pats game. Whatever we know, I like Taylor Swift. I like her music. I'm not. Was Swift she cheered or booed when she was Sunday. put up there? Mix of both. Uh, there were a decent amount of uh, Chiefs fans at the game, so like it was a mix. Yeah. Um. So games going along, whatever. They show her once. It's not like she's like obsessively on the jumbotron. They showed her once in like the second quarter, and that was yeah, like, as you fun. would with a celebrity. <laughs> yeah. Um, they put her on and she was, they put her on for like an awkwardly long period of time. So you just see her mouth. Like, what am I supposed to do? Like, what do you want me to say here? Um, but I like Taylor Swift. I thought it was fine. Uh, it was cool. I posted a picture of it. It was whatever. Uh, Henry and I are like standing up. So like, it's like the, the equivalent of the lowest section, but there's like a standing room area above it. So we're standing there waiting for my uncle Danny and cousin Joe who are getting food. We're waiting. Uncle Dan, the goat. Uh, different Uncle Dan. Different can... Uncle Dan. My yeah, God. this is this is Uncle Danny. That is Uncle well, he's Dan. He's not the difference. Sorry, he's still the goat. No, he's still the goat. He's still great. They're they're both good. Uh, shout out. Um, we are waiting, and Travis Kelsey drops the ball, and a man yells, 
Taylor Swift's a bitch anyways. Mm. Which, rude. Shouldn't say that. Like, it's kind of just, like, why? At the same time, this man is almost certainly drunk. And he's at a Patriots game. You expect some of that sort of behavior, right? Like, both can be true, correct? If there was any place for the behavior... Sure. It would be at a football game. Any place to expect it, that's the place, right? It's not a nice thing to say. She has nothing to do with it. I understand both of that, but you expect some level of idiocy at the game. Mm-hmm. So that those are the thoughts that go through my head. These same th- thoughts went through a woman next to me's head. Difference is, she decided to act on the thoughts. So the woman turns to the man and goes, that's not very nice. <laughs> now, as you can imagine, didn't go well. <laughs> the man goes, I don't fucking care. <laughs> She's a bitch. As you would expect him to do because that, mm. like, duh. And she goes, well, that's just not very, like, then they just start going at it back and forth, back and forth. Obviously, as any logical human should understand, this just prompts him to do it more. Yeah. Because he's drunk. Good for him. She keeps getting mad. She's complaining to her friends. Again, yes, it's rude. Yes, it's an unnecessary thing to say. But two, you're not helping the situation here by trying to be this moral police because it's just going to make them want to do it more. It was just like the most brain dead interaction between two parties I've ever seen. I was like, what are we doing here? Why do you one? Why do you care this much about a woman you've never met? I understand it's rude. I agree that it's rude and Mm. I agree that it's unnecessary. It is rude. But he's clearly drunk and and it doesn't matter at all. Like she's never going to hear this. She's never going to give a shit about this random person. And he's drunk and he's just off his ass at a game. Again, it's not. It makes it an acceptable thing to do, but you saying stop is only going to make him do it more. <laughs> like, right. it's just like, what do we do? So, if you want to do a court really on this, I think the guy. I don't know if you should really call like women bitches. Like, yes, like, in I general, agree. Like in a yes. general way, I don't know if you should do it. Uh, I do think it's like whatever. Like when it's a celebrity, like I kind of care a little less. It's like when I talked about Zion and like him having to deal with being called fat. It's like you're famous. Deal with it. But I think the moral police are some of the worst people on the planet. Truly. I I don't like it for the most part. There are times where it is necessary. This is not one of them. And also she should have known that it wasn't going to end well. Because like you said, the man was not going to stop. So she made it worse for everybody involved. Um. Yeah, I don't know. They, they both suck. I don't know. You 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 don't really need the the football game is not the place to be the moral police. It just isn't. Yeah, I agree. All right. Uh, you have what two more ratless things? I, I think I'm done. So if you want to, you're done. Here, you can wrap. Yeah. Okay, Jack. Uh, so are you familiar with uh, I guess we can call it girlfriend activities. Of course. So there are things, and uh, I put apple picking in this category. There are things that we all do, and we can also call it family activities, that you don't. I don't think anybody would ever do on their own. Like, I don't think anybody is just showing up to the apple orchard on their own to pick some apples. It just doesn't happen. I uh, participated in a girlfriend activity on Saturday. There was no Celtics game. I went to Roger Williams Park Zoo, which is the zoo we have here in Rhode Island. And I went to the holiday light show. They have all Christmas lights around the park. They're all designed in special ways. They had 
a wild west section they had aliens they had zoo animals they had actual christmas displays this is not something i think anybody would do on their own <laughs> uh i'm happy to do everything with my girlfriend i like her i care about her very much i will participate but i will also tell you aside from her the activity itself was fucking awful uh too many kids even though it's four kids and it's definitely four families that's not i'm not trying to gatekeep the kids but a lot of kids a lot of strollers a lot of people stopping in the middle of walking not a lot of degrees very cold <laughs> didn't have gloves nose was running still getting over whatever the hell this climate change cold i have is yeah it makes me think that we need to like kind of segregate kids away from adults like there need to i had to say it very fast because i was going to be like i think we need to bring back segregation but for kids no can't say it like that no there needs no. to be specific things places times for kids to participate in things because I think a holiday light show like this is absolutely for families and kids should always go enjoy it. But there should be special set times where there are no kids. <laughs> there should be restaurants where kids are not allowed. There should mm. be flights where there are no children allowed. All of this should be true. So this is a very long-winded way of me saying there were too many kids around and a thing that was meant for kids. Sure. I mean, I, I don't, I don't have any complaints with that mindset. I, I think they're annoying. I just complained about I the kid earlier. Just show. kids. <laughs> well, maybe not. <laughs> China did it. They took it back. You still <laughs> have one kid. Right, uh, you got anything else, or is there one more? Ratless Christmas shopping. Now, you know this. I kind of hate Christmas. I kind of hate Christmas. Mm -hmm. I think it's a big sham. I think we all spend a lot of money on people and gifts for people that might ne not necessarily want the gifts that they're getting. Sure. I think there's a lot of effort and marketing that goes into it. And a lot of people like it a little bit too much. But today and over the weekend, I did Christmas shopping specifically for the lady. I went out. I got her stuff. Fine on Saturday. Went to the Warwick Mall. I got my Impop Nito. It was excellent. I actually enjoyed myself. When I went to see my girlfriend before the holiday show, I had a moment to check her shoe size, and it turns out that I bought the wrong size shoe. So today, Damn. I returned to Foot Locker, and I said, hey, do you have these shoes in a different size, in a size 9? For those that like feet, you're welcome. In a size 9. They said no. They said Providence Place, the Champ Sports, has two pairs. They give me a Foot Locker gift card, which has been confirmed to work at Champs Sports. The manager was nice enough. He called for me to confirm that I could use the gift card there. So I drive to Providence. Of course, there was the storm today. Risked my life to go get some shoes. I arrive at Providence Place. I go to the Champs. I look at the wall of shoes. I do not see the pair of sneakers I'm looking for. Somebody finally asks me if they can help me. And I say, hey, do you have these shoes? And I show them my receipt from Foot Locker so they know the exact thing I'm looking for. 
they, I was like, they said that you guys should have these here. He sounded very unsure and went back and looked. Turns out that they did not, in fact, have the shoes that I was looking for. Tough. But then I realized there's a footlocker on the top floor of the Providence Place Mall, so I make my way up there. And I see the shoes on the wall. I'm like, hey, do you guys have these shoes in a size 9? And she says, no, sorry, we only have them in size 8. She says, Champ Sports downstairs might have them. They says they have two pairs of size 9. I said, I already asked them. So I go back to the wall in the footlocker. <coughs> you can see the toll it's taken on me. And I start to look at other options because I've given up hope. And I finally decided on another pair of shoes. I'm like, hey, do you guys have these in nines? And they say, no, we have nine and a half. I say, whatever. I give up. I go back downstairs. Now, when I parked my car in the Providence Place Mall, if you've never been there, they have a big-ass parking garage. They have all these different entrances. My entrance had a Champ Sports outlet. It's different than the Champ Sports that I went in. So I go in there. I'm like, all right, let me see what's in here. I start to peruse through, and I find a couple different pairs of shoes I like. And I'm like, okay, I can get her these two pairs of shoes. They're still nice. They're cheaper because this is an outlet. And I can spend the same amount of money. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. But let me double check the men's section of the clearance. Because I just want to see. I want to see if they had anything that I couldn't get in women's. As I'm doing this, the fire alarm goes off. So we have to evacuate the mall. And I thought it was like a drill at first. Were we in Vegas? Oh, we were in the airport. They had the alarm go off. Remember? Yeah, I didn't like it. Yeah, not a fan. Yeah. So I was like, oh, like this won't be anything. But no, they evacuate us out of the store. I've called it quits. I drive home. And then, of course, I hit traffic. So ratless Christmas shopping, because that was an <laughs> unnecessary four hours of my life that I wasted. Getting dicked around by sneaker stores only to come out empty handed. That is it for me. <laughs> uh, yeah, it doesn't sound like you had a fun experience there. Yeah, uh, <laughs> for a guy who already doesn't like Christmas, it sounds quite the uh, like quite the. I got a lot of like, wow, I might be right today. Reinforcement from the public. Oh, was that today? That was this morning. That was literally like Brutal. when I texted you and you didn't see it. I had just yeah. gotten home from this charade. Damn. But it's okay. When I got home, I saw the guy stuck in the water, and I was like, okay, I feel a little better. <laughs> tough all right anyways thank you all for tuning in we appreciate you guys for listening uh make sure to subscribe to how about them celtics leave us a review on apple uh if you wouldn't mind and spotify I, you know, I'd like someone it. was and like spotify. what do you guys not care about spotify so yes we well care. you can't leave reviews on spotify you can leave a rating that's on what spotify. i figured but i figured i would make you explain it yeah we, we please leave us a rating on spotify five stars follow the show on spotify um but only reviews are on apple so Thank you all for tuning in. Subscribe to the channel. I'll let Sam take it out. Yeah, thank you very much for listening or watching. If you're watching, you're on YouTube, so make sure you subscribe to the channel. The How About Them Celtics channel, you can hit the notification bell so you don't miss any of our daily uploads, whether it's these full-length pods, Talking Seas, which will be up at some point here soon, or it's already up. Uh, the game recaps, which go to audio platforms as well as YouTube. Uh, trade rumors and film breakdowns. We do all of it. We have a lot of fun. And we put videos up every single day, so you don't want to miss any of it. Also, before every game, we're live a half hour for a pregame stream. That's here 
and on the Facebook page, which is also just how about them Celtics. You can find us on Spotify and Apple. Like Jack said, follow us there. You'll get the game recaps and full length pods right to your inbox, the audio versions, if I can speak. If you want to get in touch with us via email, hbtcpod at gmail.com. We have a lot of you that reach out. RJ is the king. He's always sending us emails. We get one after every single game. Last step, we had a ton of emails from everybody, so we appreciate that. Don't hesitate. We love to hear your thoughts. You can find us on socials at How About Them Seas. That's Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Again, Facebook is just the name of the pod. Our pregame streams are live there as well as YouTube. You can follow Jack. At Jackson NBA on Twitter, you can follow me at Samuel France NBA. That's it for us. Bye. Check, check, go.